Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Our gospel lesson comes from John chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now hear this reading from the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved us. you pray with and for me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. 
Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I am the good shepherd. If you've been around the church for any length of time, you have probably heard these statements more times than you can count. And if you haven't, don't worry. This is not the last time you will hear them. I have heard these statements many times growing up in the church. In fact, Psalm 23 is the first psalm that I was able to recognize and definitely the first one I was able to memorize. Um, I remember making those little sheep with cotton balls and construction paper in Sunday school and roaming around with my classmates following our teacher who had dressed up as a shepherd singing, ba, 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 I'm a little sheep. For those of you who are looking at me like I am a crazy person, let me tell you, I would not know. Many Bible verses, especially Psalm 23, or any of the other popular Bible stories without Bob, Larry, and the other VeggieTales soundtrack people. So, just saying. I also remember writing on the whiteboard, Good Shepherd when asked in youth group ways that Jesus not only describes himself, but how we describe Jesus when talking about like the characteristics of Jesus in one of those curriculums. This sheep and shepherd imagery is found throughout the Bible. Um, king David was a shepherd before being anointed king. Ezekiel uses shepherd imagery in his prophecies. Israel is referred to as flock. The Gospels of Matthew and Luke record um, a parable that Jesus uses about lost sheep. You get the picture. In agricultural societies like ancient Israel, this metaphor of sheep and shepherds would have been very easy to digest. Shepherds were a thing. Now I must confess here, that I actually had to Google if being a shepherd was still an occupation in the U.S. And fun fact it is, um, there are shepherds out west in the mountains. Now, before you start judging me for not knowing this, I can count on one hand the number of times that I've encountered sheep and all but one of them was at a petting zoo. This city girl is not well-versed in farming practices. Also, like, don't they use dogs now to herd sheep? But I digress and must admit Google served me well this week. Anywho, let's talk about shepherds. Not that it's any easier today, but being a shepherd in ancient times was not fun. Y'all, being a shepherd is hard work. They spent hours on their feet in the sun. I've been out here for maybe an hour and I'm already tired, a little sweaty, and I had to move into the shade. Their job was mostly menial, sitting there watching sheep be sheep. Now, I've already admitted to not having that many encounters with sheep, but the ones that I have had have not been exciting. They kind of just graze and are 
there in the field. Sometimes they lay down, but they don't really like do tricks or anything. Their jobs were dangerous and risky. Wolves and other predators like to eat sheep, and it is a shepherd's job to protect the sheep at any cost. All of this on top of making sure a sheep has what it needs. Water, I mean there's grass, whatever else a sheep, we, we have established that I don't know much about sheep, but whatever they need, it is a shepherd's job to care for them. Being a shepherd was not only a less than glamorous occupation, but they also existed on the outskirts of society. Quite literally, because the space required for sheep to roam was away from the towns and other people, but also socially. Their physical separation made others see them as not the most socially in tune human beings. I mean, they hung out with sheep all day and they were probably a little dirty, a little smelly, not exactly people others wanted to be around. But the important thing that we all need to know about shepherds today, though, is that one, they care for their flocks. Two, they know their flocks and their flocks know them. And three, they will do anything to protect their flock. Now let's talk about sheep. Honestly, I have never really had an opinion on sheep, whether they are smart or dumb or, you know, any of that. Um, but the internet does. Apparently it is a very common misconception that sheep are dumb. And I mean, I guess I can see it. So my one encounter with sheep that was not at a petting zoo was actually in Wales, like the country, a few years ago. I had gone on a cultural study abroad trip to Ireland and Wales, and we spent two weeks hiking throughout both countries, among other things that may or may not have included a pub or two, but beside the point. On one of our hikes in Wales, we had to drive a couple of hours from the hostel we were staying at. It was down this long, narrow road through the middle of nowhere. We hiked for a full day, proud to say we only got lost twice, and then we were gonna drive back to our hostel. On the way back on this long and narrow road, while it was raining and it was starting to get dark, our bus came to a stop. Those of us who were half asleep were shaken awake and looking out the window. We couldn't see why we were stopped. Word made it back through the people that there was a herd of sheep blocking the road. They were just chilling in the middle of the road, minding their own business, not caring that it was raining or that a bus full of 19 to 23 year olds wanted to get through to go to sleep. We were annoyed to say the least. And with that started a wave of ideas. Why don't you just honk at them? Or do we get out and chase them? Our driver very calmly explained to us that sheep were followers, not fleers. They don't run away from danger or noises. They follow the herd. 
So honking and chasing would get us nowhere but wet. We simply had to wait it out until a member of the herd decided it was time to move on or that to, or until whoever's sheep they were realized they were gone and came looking for them. And that, my friends, is a story of how I got stuck on a bus for three hours in the middle of nowhere, Wales. I know an entire busload of people who would say that those sheep were dumb. But you see, now that I look back on it, better rested and less annoyed, I don't think they were. Sheep have very good memory and voice recognition skills. So in fact, they were pretty smart. They knew who they were supposed to follow and they weren't going to budge unless that was the voice they heard. And none of us were that voice. Sure, that leaves them susceptible to some danger but if they have a shepherd who has their best interests at heart and who will protect them, they have nothing to worry about. So that brings me to our scripture passages today. This part of the Gospel of John is aptly referred to as the Good Shepherd Discourse. Right before this, Jesus heals a blind man and starts into saying how he is the gatekeeper and that no one can get into the pasture except through him. He is here so that the sheep may have abundant life. He then makes the fourth of seven I am statements that are found in the Gospel of John. And these I am statements are statements made by Jesus that tells us something about him metaphors that help us understand the character of Jesus. I am the good shepherd. His audience would have known what this meant almost immediately. In this agricultural place, they would have known that shepherds care for their flock, know their flock, and protect their flock at whatever the cost. But just in case they didn't catch on, he clarifies, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, he will say this two more times in our passage. And we know that eventually he does lay down his life for his flock. He then contrasts this to the hired hand who abandons the sheep at the first sign of danger. A hired hand doesn't have an invested interest in the flock and therefore does not care, but a good shepherd does. Now I wanna pause here and add some nuance to this word good. The Greek word here is more than simply good in the Jesus is good at his job sense. And while I mean he is definitely good at his job, it is more of like a holistic good, a model good, a moral good. So when Jesus says he is the good shepherd, he's saying that he is the best qualities of a shepherd all of the time. Not only is he a good shepherd, though, he is the good shepherd. And he knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. And again, he says, I lay down my life 
for the sheep. He then makes this comment about other sheep that aren't yet into the fold and how he must bring them in so that they will listen to his voice and that they will all be one flock with one shepherd. Now, oftentimes when we use this sheep shepherd imagery, we use it to talk about a pastor shepherding their flock, the congregants. Now, I'm not saying that is completely off base or completely wrong per se, and this is definitely nothing against Pastor Kate or any of the other leadership in our church. They are great leaders who guide us well. But when we use this as the analogy, it technically means there are lots of shepherds with lots of flocks. Like each church would be a different flock with different shepherds. And that is definitely not what Jesus is saying here. He's pretty clear. One flock, one shepherd, him. So if we're all sheep, leadership included, what does that mean for us? Well, it means that we're all following the same shepherd, Jesus, and wherever his voice leads. That's our job as cute little fluffy sheep. Our other job is to provide a space for all the other sheep to come and hear Jesus's voice so that they can learn it and follow it too. Now don't hear me saying that this whole being a sheep thing, even though we are cute and fluffy, is not easy. Or that the path will always be green pastures and still water. I am way over using this metaphor, but I hope you get where I'm going. As we struggle to remain faithful to our shepherd's voice, the one who cares for us, knows us, protects us, as we sometimes ignore it or lose sight of it or end up in the middle of nowhere whales wondering why a bus full of young adults is honking at us, we can trust that our good shepherd Jesus has our best interests at heart. His goodness and grace go before us, guiding us where we need to go. And his mercy follows us for when we go the wrong way. And in the midst of all of it, our shepherd does not let us go. Our other scripture passage today is another popular one that draws on this shepherd imagery. And don't worry, I don't have another 20 minutes planned to talk in depth about it. But I do think it's an important one. It's a psalm and it's a prayer. So I am going to ask that we all pray it together in just a minute. It's in your worship guides. And as we pray, I want you to remember the grace that goes before us, guiding us. And I want you to be comforted by the fact that even in the darkest valleys, we have nothing to fear because God is with us. And God knows dark valleys. Jesus carried a cross through one. He was nailed to his dark valley. 
but he, as our good shepherd, laid down his life for us and took it up again so that we may not only have life, but have life abundantly. Let us pray. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.